You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. And we're live today, Dana Point, California, BMY Mellon's ETF Exchange 2016. So here we are. Investors are dealing with rising interest rates, an aging bull market in stocks, fluctuating global currencies, and more. Where do ETFs come into the equation if you're Joshua Emanuel, Chief Investment Officer and Managing Director at Wilshire Funds Management? That's what we're going to find out now. Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kathleen. It's nice to be here. So uh, where do you start? Chief Investment Officer. We just spoke to another in Chief Investment Officer. It seems like it's a very tough time to navigate. You want to make money for your clients. You certainly don't want to lose their money. Where do you start as someone who is uh, such a big user of ETFs? A uh, uh, good question. You know, what we do is we kind of uh, form a macro framework first. So we have, uh, you know, a committee that sits down and we spend a lot of time looking at a lot of different types of information to understand where risks and opportunity are in the marketplace today. And frankly, we're in a world today where, um, you know, valuations across the board, across asset classes are, you know, rich. Uh, they're healthy across the board. Uh, and we're in an environment where we've seen, you know, uh, a lot of stimulus driving asset prices. And we're seeing uh, signals of slower economic growth. So when we see these types of indicators, we tend to pull back risk across the board. So if you look at our portfolios, whether you know ETF-related portfolios or other portfolios, we've been peeling back risk. Peeling back risk and doing what? Putting it into cash? Putting it into alternative strategies? So we we like to stay invested. Uh, you know, timing the market can be a very challenging uh, thing for investors, but. If you, if you look at expected returns across asset classes, we think expected returns are certainly going to be nothing like they've been in the past. So what we've been highlighting and investing in more so, as opposed to cash, we've been looking for opportunities where we can earn some carry or some credit or income in the portfolio. So as opposed to equities, we've been taking risk out of equities in this environment and putting those assets into income-oriented investments. So either uh, investment-grade credit, high-yield credit, uh, income-oriented equities, as an example, but taking uh, you know less equity risk and looking for opportunities where we can get some certainty of return through income. Okay, and and, and there's income and there's income, and then when you try to take risk out, I guess you have to be very careful with anything that's a high yield junk bond type investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you high quality bonds, um, and I guess you probably aren't doing too much in sovereign bonds right now, unless you're looking overseas. Well, let's talk about the the risk that you're trading, right? So you know, if we look at high yield relative to a government bond or U.S. Treasury is certainly more, more risky, right? But if you're taking risk out of equities and you're putting that risk into high yield, you're actually accepting a lower degree of volatility. You're, you're investing in an asset that is arguably very correlated to the equity market, but that asset is delivering to you some additional income relative to what you might get in equity. So actually trading out of equities into high yield is a, a risk reduction trade in a portfolio. Now, Naturally, um, if you were to, to take a, a different position of trading that for, for investment-grade corporates, that would be a risk-on trade. So it really depends on the levers that we're pulling. But in this environment, we're taking risk out of equities and putting that into credit. Putting that into credit. You don't think that that's, uh, that that's going to end up badly when, when and if they actually raise interest rates? So our view, and we've had this view for some time, is that rates are going to stay lower for longer. And I know there's a lot of... What's longer? A year? Two years? Five yeah, years? We don't see any real material rate, you know, hike in interest rates until, um, you know, when I say hike in interest rates, certainly the Fed could move in December. There's still a 57% implied probability, if you look at Fed funds futures, of a hike in December. 
But even a hike in December, we don't expect to translate into a dramatic rise in interest rates, right? I mean, this is, this is going to be more of a measured move. And, and I would argue any decision to hike rates you know, tomorrow even would, would likely result in a, uh, uh, the market moving towards bonds and actually pushing rates lower. So we're not as concerned about a dramatic rise in interest rates uh, hurting uh, bond investments in our portfolio. Just want to make, I, I'm, I'm reading your mind. I'm guessing the reason you're not too concerned about it is in this environment, you're saying if the Fed were to raise rates and even raise them now, people would move into bonds because they'd say, economy's not that strong, man. That's just going to slow things down. So bonds are going to do fine. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, if you look at, uh, you look at the economic data, retail sales, um, you look at industrial production last week, you look at the services data out of ISM, arguably third quarter, Economic growth numbers are likely to be worse than expected. Even if you look at inflation-related data, you know, um, even core inflation, although it's been rising, most of that rise took place in 2015. In 2016, you haven't seen much of a rise in core, and the only rise that we saw in the most recent report was primarily due to medical Medicare costs. So, uh, our medical costs, excuse me. So, ultimately, the economy is, and on top of that, equity valuations are rich. So, you know, oh, but that's that. But it doesn't that offer a contradiction. I mean, if you're telling me that uh, all these things added together paint a kind of mediocre picture, but the S and P is trading at 2144, so the market must know something, or at least think something. I will say that the market's ability to shrug off, uh, you know, disappointing economic data. We're coming on six quarters of negative earnings growth, um, uncertainty regarding elections and other, uh, you know, global-related issues. I think it technically it's uh, encouraging, but I also think it's concerning uh, to the degree that it, you know the market is being a little bit naive in terms of some of the risks out there. Well done. Thanks very much. Uh, Josh Emanuel, he is the Chief Investment Officer and Managing Director of Wilshire Funds Management, helping to manage nearly $150 billion of client assets. We're broadcasting live from ETF Exchange, BNY Mellon's ETF Symposium in Dana Point, California. This is Bloomberg.